there are a number of people in this room that have it all together. Life is going well for them. Their finances are in great shape. Their family, if they have chosen to have one, is happy and healthy. Family members get along. And if they're single, they're enjoying the single life. These all-together people have leisure time that might make some of us jealous. They go on vacations that we could only dream of. They are healthy, they are pleasant, they make plans, they are great plans, and of all things, those plans come true. They have no big hang-ups with their past. Their background is unblemished. In the past, they've never done anything that is super wrong, and you can define for yourself what that super wrong might be, and they've had nothing evil happen to them as they were growing up. In their Christian walk, they and God are doing superbly. God answers just about all their prayers in a positive way. They get so many yeses. They have no big temptations that they struggle with, and their relationship with Jesus seems exemplary. And none of these people that I've mentioned actually exist. They're fake, not real. <laughs> the reality is, people in this room have not flown under Satan's radar. They have not escaped down times or depression. They have difficulties. They have issues. The God that people in this room and are watching at home sometimes experience is too quiet and far, too distant. Everything in the life does not always come up roses. The people that are in this room have been tempted. Not only have they been tempted, but they have fallen. They have been subjected to such evil that if other people knew about it, they would have difficulty imagining how they have survived what they have gone through. Their health, it's not what it appears to be. Their finances are not always great. Their family, well, they'll probably not tell you the truth about the family because they want to keep some of those things hidden away. They have sinned in small ways. They have sinned in big ways. They carry secrets that they hope no one ever finds out. They are burdened with losses and difficulties and failures that greet them far too many mornings when they wake up. They are afraid to confide in others because they have been betrayed just one time too many. These people, these people are in this room. These people are watching at home. 
These people are you and me. But because of Jesus and the song the team sang before about the blood of Jesus, because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his moving in our life, we are Christian brothers and sisters. Jesus has done this for us. We are Christian brothers and sisters, you and I. And it's only because of what Jesus has done that we can be Christian brothers and sisters. Jesus has done a work in our life. He has changed us as he is continuing to change us. He has forgiven us and he is continuing to forgive us. He guides, he heals, he restores. He encourages, he disciplines, he loves, and he does not forget us. Why is it that you and I can know someone for years but we still really don't know them? Let me answer that question with a question. Why haven't you told some of the things in your life to some of your friends? Knowing myself and observing others, when we know the background about someone, we are likely more inclined to be gracious, to be forgiving, and to cut them some slack. We may think, well, because I know that this is going on in their life, then I'm going to be kinder to them. I'm not going to be as yelling at them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on them for the attitude that they're just copying with me. So I have some questions. Why is our loving others based on our perception of how things are going in their life? Why do we love, why do we love differently? Because we have additional information about someone. Why don't we just love someone in the first place as Jesus expects us to love them? 1 Peter chapter 1. For those of you who want to follow along in your Bible that has paper pages or electronic pages, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. I am using the NIV. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply, intensely, fervently, earnestly from the heart. How often, how often have you and I reacted to what a Christian brother or sister did and it really wasn't with the kind of love where we love deeply? Why did we do that? And we may say, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know what was going on in their life. Had I known, I would have done things differently. I would have responded to them in a different fashion. 1 Peter 1, again, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply, intensely, fervently, earnestly from the heart because you know what's going on with them. Are those last eight words in the Bible? 
The phrase sincere love refers to sincere, real, brotherly love, the kind of love we have with friends. The love that's noted in love one another deeply, that is the Bible word agape. The New Testament mostly was written in Greek. And the love word here is agape, which is the type of love that is best for the other person. Other types of love may be, I love you if. I love you if you do this and that for me. Because, I love you because, I love you because you do this and that for me. But agape love is the kind of love that Jesus has for all of us. And agape love is I love you in spite of what you do. So, if agape love is I love you in spite of what you do, why would it matter if we knew or didn't know what was going on in someone's life before we loved them? If agape love is the I love you in spite of what you do, why, why, do, we why do we love them better when we know what's going on? Why don't we just love them as Jesus wants us to love them? Wouldn't matter what is going on in their life. With agape love, we are going to love them regardless of what is going on with them. Do you think Jesus loves us because of our wonderful behavior? Jesus expects us to love our Christian brothers and sisters with the exact same love that he has for us. And so you might say, well, I, I can't do that. Uh, and I would say the same thing. And the reality is we can't do that. And after Peter has communicated here in this letter to these Christians and uh, giving them the responsibility of doing this impossible thing, he then amazingly enough goes on and tells us why and how we can love this way. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. How can I love someone deeply. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Why can I Love someone deeply, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. We will be loving our Christian brothers and sisters, not because of what we were, but because of who Jesus has made us to be. Because we have been born again. We have been created new. We are no longer perishable. We are like Jesus in that he is with his spirit 
living in us and through us and helping us to love our Christian brothers and sisters regardless of how they are? Do we have to enjoy loving someone to love them? We do not. Agape love is not based on how we feel. Agape love is an action type love based upon our doing things for other people because we want the best for them in spite of their not being kind and warm and fuzzy. The Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 2, if you want to turn back a few pages to Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, turn back in that area, you'll know where we are. Philippians 2, verse 5, the Apostle Paul agrees with Peter, and he writes this about Christian brothers and sisters. Verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Did Jesus do these things because he enjoyed doing them? He did not. Paul continues, Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, not I, Paul, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. In loving, difficult Christian brothers and sisters, it requires, as you know, that we work at it. Please note, we do not have to love them with our own strength. God's Spirit inside of us, when we pay attention, will give us the strength and the wisdom and the words and the no words in order to react with and love our Christian brothers and sisters. Now, there are people that they may never change. It may always be tough to love them, but do we stop loving them just because it's tough to love? Did Jesus stop loving when it was tough for him to love? I'm not saying that any of this is easy. Turn back to 1 Peter. Go to your right in your Bible. 1 Peter, go into chapter 2 this time, verse 17. 1 Peter 2, 17. 1 Peter 2, 17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love, that's the agape type, the family of believers. Fear God, honor 
the emperor. So do we respect only those who respect us? Do we love only those people we feel good about? The part about fearing God, you realize that when we fear God, as we should, we no longer need to fear him. And this part about honoring the emperor, you do recall who the emperor is. Chris, about two Sundays ago, mentioned about the emperor at this time when Peter wrote this letter to these Christians, was Nero, not a nice guy, who hated Christians, persecuted them, abused them, tortured them, murdered them, and yet Peter is saying, honor the emperor. That guy, that guy. So if these people, the letter was written to them and to us, but if, if they are expected to honor the emperor, how tough can it possibly be to love a Christian brother or sister? that may not be our cup of tea. How tough could that possibly be? Some more loving challenges. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. No fancy definitions for those words, what you think they are, they are. But next, Peter gives us a, a rubber meets the road type of information, which kind of helps us to do those things we just read that are still on the screen. And honestly, what Peter says next, I'm not a fan, not a fan of what he says next. But what he says next is this, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. But what if they deserve it? What if they are evil? What if they are insulting? Peter's not saying they don't deserve it. He's not saying they're not evil. He's not saying that they're not insulting. What he's saying is that we're different. Because of Jesus and because the blood of Jesus having cleansed us and made us not who we were, because we are different people, we behave differently. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. <laughs> For whoever would love life and, and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Our, go our godly behavior is ongoing. It continues. They, verse 11, the Christians must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Those four things are also ongoing, 
behaviors. Not a one-time deal, but a continuing thing. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I want God to look favorably on me. I don't want him to set his face against me. I want him to be listening for my praying. And I want his favor. One more uncomfortable section. 1 Peter chapter 4. Also verse 8. 1 Peter 4 verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply. Christian brothers and sisters. Above all, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. This is agape love again. It's the, I love you in spite of your being a jerk. I love you in spite of your, your being obnoxious or, or rude or ungrateful. Because we because of what Jesus has done for us, we can love others. And as he has done for all of us, we can love them in spite of what they do and love them in a way that we do for them what is best for them. In spite of their multitude of sins, my love for them will cover that. And I will do for them what Jesus would want me to do for them. Not always fun. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What does God expect you to do with how he's blessed you? Do you ever think well, what's mine is mine. Like, I have sweat, sweat equity in this. I've worked for this, and it's mine. But that's kind of really not what God through Peter is saying. And I know, and you know, that God is the one that has blessed us. And he wants us to use what we have been blessed with to serve others. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Can it be said that your language makes God happy that you speak that way? Is what you say and the attitude in which you say it something that pleases God and makes a smile come across his face? Whatever God calls us to do, if anyone serves... They should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Whatever God calls us to do, whenever we step out and begin to do what he's called us to do, God will then step in and join us 
in what he's called us to do so that we can accomplish loving people in the way that he wants us to love them and to serve them. I have questions. Is there a Christian brother or sister that kind of rubs you the wrong way? In your brain, name them. Some of you probably already came there anyway. And no, Stephanie, it's not your husband. How have you responded to them in the past? Be honest. Did you think you were responding appropriately in your previous dealings with them? Or did they just tick you off and you responded as you felt like? In light of what we've seen in God's Word today, what should be your response to them the next time you encounter them? Really, what, what should you do? In light of what we've seen in God words, God's Word today, what will be your response to them the next time you encounter them? We are Christian brothers and sisters. Because of Jesus and his blood cleansing us and his Holy Spirit living inside of us, because of Jesus, we can be Christian brothers and sisters and God expects us to love one another. Love one another. Would you bow your head, please? If God has put on your heart an individual or more than one, that he expects you to behave differently toward that Christian brother or sister, if you are willing to at least attempt it, Tell God right now that you are committing that to him and that you are open to his leading to love that sometimes obnoxious Christian brother or sister. Tell him. If you have not made your first time commitment to follow Jesus, you can do that today before you leave. If you have made a commitment to Jesus but you've not followed through and been immersed, you can do that today. If you want someone to pray with you or for you, that can happen today. If you're wondering, well, what really should I do next in growing in my relationship with Jesus? If those questions are yours or some that I'm not mentioning, when this service is over and you walk out this room and you go into the lobby, if you turn to your right, you will see our welcome center and there will be people, trained decision guides that are there that will listen to you 
that can pray with you. You can, you and they can go down the hallway and have a private conversation. If you're watching online and you have a question, if you'll get in touch with us with the information that you see on the screen, then we will get in touch with you and we can set up a time to talk. Whatever God is wanting you to do, do not put it off. Father, thank you that Jesus came and that he gave his life and by giving his life, his blood was shed for us. And his blood shed for us has cleansed us Because of Jesus' blood, we are righteous in your sight. But we still make mistakes, and we still sin, and we need your help. And so God, help us to listen to you and respond to your Spirit's leading quickly. Help us to love our Christian brothers and sisters in such a way that others will see the love that we have for each other and they will want what we have, which is because of your son, Jesus. May we love as you lead, as you have loved and continue to love us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.